There once was a time when I went fishing and I never caught a fish. Mr. G, are you telling us a story about a time you went fishing? <laughs> <laughs> we saw a pulse over there. Yeah. Okay, we are good to go. Conversation. The peaceful exchange of thoughts and ideas. Hello and welcome to The Conversation. I am your host, Missy Jenna, and in studio today is a good friend and colleague, Richard Griffin. Richard Griffin is better known as Mr. G. He's an elementary school teacher here in Vancouver. Since completing his Bachelor of Arts, he has always worked with children. During the 1980s, Richard began working with street kids, and then at the age of 40, he went back and got his teaching certificate. What he loves most about teaching is interacting with the young humans. He takes time and great care in getting to know his students. Mr. G is always searching for new and creative ways to challenge the students that leave them impressed with themselves. This search for creative challenge is something he tries to apply to himself as well as with the kids. He says it's always rewarding, but not always successful. Today's theme is emotions. Mr. G and I will have a conversation about the role emotions play in learning environments. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Mr. G, how are you today? I'm very well, Jenna. <laughs> it's great to have you here. You are somebody I've worked with for many years, and the first person to welcome me into your classroom with that idea I had. Do you remember that day? Yeah. I, was that the one where we uh, we were doing something with pictures and emotions, and we yes. had the kids go outside with the chalk and send That's messages, right. write messages? That's right. That was one of the things the kids did, is they wrote messages to others with chalk. Right. We did a lot of exploration around emotions and yeah. I had introduced conversation right, as, a, right. as a model for learning and this was in the pre-pilot sort of phase of these are just ideas and I remember the day uh, in the hallway you're like all right Jenna we're gonna do this okay and I'm like really great <laughs> <laughs> February 24th 2015 was the day it all began that's right the kids had to take pictures we talked about Showing an emotion. Without showing faces. Without showing faces. Yes, and that's how it did begin. So it is a terrific honor to have you here today to reflect back on that and also to reflect on your journey in education and what you were like as a kid and what led you to do the things that you've done in your life. And the, th the thing that I always admire about you is you're approaching retirement. This is your last year of teaching. Correct. Right? But well, last year of teaching in the school system. Yeah, last year of teaching in the school <laughs> system, but you're ready to go out the door. But somehow you've remained so open to new ideas and really responsive and flexible towards different approaches. And so I hope to explore that a little bit more as well today. Okay, Mr. G, so did you bring a dictionary with you today? A dictionary? Yeah. No. You don't travel around with a dictionary? You don't travel around with a dictionary. <laughs> okay. How would you define cool without cool. a dictionary? As in being cold. Or cool as in a personality quality. 
cool as in being a personality. It's artificiality, I think. Really? Yeah. Cool? Cool. Because I grew up where cool kids were the ones who were always like the number one kid, in a yeah. sense, cool socially. I always thought it was fake. Really? Yeah. I never trusted somebody who's cool. That's so interesting because when I think of you, Mr. G, I think of the cool kid. <laughs> you got Yeah, this. maybe I've always secretly been aspiring to be the cool kid. And I just <laughs> kind of don't like that in myself. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny because when I think of you and I think of your signature swagger, you know, as you walk down the hall, you're just cool. You, you show up when people need help. You're so good at technology. And Mr. G always saves the day. He's cool. What does Teflon Doughboy mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> Teflon Doughboy is a term I came up to explain to other teachers mm -hmm. how they do not need to be so concerned about what people are thinking of them as mm -hmm. teachers. So mm -hmm. that's how I describe myself. You know, say what you want about my teaching. It doesn't stick to me. I'm Teflon. <laughs> give me your best verbal shot. It doesn't bother me. Doughboy can give me shots all you want. They just <laughs> bounce right off. <laughs> Teflon Doughboy. Well, today's theme is on social-emotional awareness. We'll be mostly focusing on emotions, tying that in where possible. And for the sake of operating from a mutually understood definition of social-emotional awareness, I'm going to define emotions for you. Emotions, according to the dictionary, are a natural instinctive state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. Does that fit for you? I guess so. It's sort of a bit narrow, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, just as a starting yeah. point, because we know that we don't walk around with dictionaries. Right. We don't walk around with the same definition of concepts. So when we interact and relate to one another, we could be like, how you experience cool is so different than how I experience cool. Like, I don't go around telling people they're cool, but when I see you, I think you're cool. <laughs> and it turns out today I found out that you don't necessarily like being cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate being put in a box, I think, is what yeah. it really is. So the first question I have for you is, what were you like as a kid, Mr. G? I don't know. I've been thinking about that. I, I guess rambunctious. I always liked to do things. I was always would take on a new task or chore, and I would take stuff apart to see how it worked. I would build stuff in the woods. I was pretty action-oriented, but I still liked school. I did okay mm -hmm. at school. Great. And how did you feel about going to school? Were you one of those kids that jumped up in the morning excited to go to school? I jumped up in the morning running down to the play field to play baseball in uh -huh. the morning. <laughs> but uh, when the bell rang and we had to go inside, we all kind of, you know, hung our heads and yeah. walked in and then sat down at the desk and Mm -hmm. Did as we were told, more or less. Yeah. Without dating yourself too much, what decade were you in <laughs> elementary school? I was in elementary school in the 60s. Okay. So. It was a different time. Uh, I was listening to another podcast. I walked to kindergarten 
mm-hmm. unescorted. Mm-hmm. I walked to grade one unescorted. Really? And that's when I got hit by a school bus, but then <gasps> I still kept walking to school. You got hit by a school bus? Yeah, I knocked off into the ditch and had to spend <gasps> a few days in the hospital. I guess I had a concussion. Really? I did not know that about you. Yeah, it's a different time then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess so. And what key insights about emotions motivates you to do what you do today? What key insight? I don't know. I, I think it's more like what's the cause of the emotions? Right. I think a lot of people get hooked up in the emotion. Yes. And they respond to that. And I tend to say, well, why is that person saying or doing or acting the way they are? Because mm-hmm. there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's lots of reasons for it, usually. Yeah. And one of the things anybody who has worked with you will agree with me 1,000% is you're so in tune with uh, the social-emotional stuff in schools with the kids. Right, yeah. I, I think that's uh, true. That To me, that's the important part. Mm-hmm. As you get older as an adult and you have other responsibilities, I think it's harder to, um, you know, you can't always afford to pay a tune to that, but you have to do a certain degree because mm-hmm. we're all affected by it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with you. Emotions play a central role in, you know, what you're able to take in. If, you, if you're having a tough day or a moment, you're not as open or responsive to new information. Absolutely. And if you're feeling so excited about playing baseball and you jump up in the morning to go run down to the field, uh, if your friend says, hey, what did your friends call you, Richard? Dick. Dick, okay. (laughs) Get that one out of the way. (laughs) Hey, you go over there and you be back catcher and you're excited to play, so you're you're much more responsive to different ideas. And You know, response to ideas is interesting, and I'm going to... Mm-hmm. go off on the side because I find people's response to ideas is different. For me, I always said, hey, that's cool. I want to mm-hmm. think about that one. Other people, hold on, no, no, and then they go away. And what I've learned is you give a lot of people time mm-hmm. and they'll come back and want to talk about it. But some people's first response is, ah, nah. Yeah. But but now I don't, I just say, okay, sure, we'll talk about it again is always my response. Sure, that's that's a great strategy. I like that. When you talk to somebody and you notice that they're not immediately understanding what you're saying, you, you put the idea out there and then you say, okay, we'll, we'll come back to this later. Give them some time to process and then it's usually a different outcome. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, it's just planting a seed is what I call it, right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, you have to nurture it sometimes and, yes. and uh, wait a little longer. Yeah, and that's what makes you really cool to me is you don't let that stuff bother you. You just do what you need to do and you're so real about, you know, sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not, but you like to try. Right. (laughs) And when you were a kid, did you have a notion of what you wanted to be when you grew up? I think about grade five or six, I said I wanted to be a civil engineer. Yeah, and that was cool for a while. And then Mm -hmm. I, in high school, it all changed. I hit you know, high school, talking to somebody, my friend, and he said, I said, where are you going? What are you going to do with school? He said, I'm taking psychology. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting. Maybe I should take that. Mm-hmm. And then I majored in psychology. And it was good. Really? 
So yeah, you were working with street kids before you went back and got your teaching. That's right. I graduated with a BA in psychology and there's not a lot of job opportunity with social work mm -hmm. or um, working with street kids as a youth and family worker, which I ended up doing. Mm -hmm. And do you remember any particular moment that really stood out for you when you were working with those kids because they're generally more at risk? And uh, I understand because I, I also were, had a background working with kids at risk. Oh, there were lots of moments, I think. It was a pretty intense job. The kids were pretty damaged by the time we got in there, 15, 16-year-olds. Mm -hmm. They'd bounced out of just about every group home and foster home and were on the street, coming off the street. And we tried everything and anything. And, and to me, the best thing was just hanging in there and not giving up on the children. Yeah, I get it. I really do. When someone shows that kind of faith in you, it really makes a difference, even when everything in your life is going to the wayside. Right, yeah. <laughs> now, happiness factor. What does that mean to you, the happiness factor? The happiness factor. I don't know. I, I think that's just being relaxed, mm -hmm. letting go of your worries, and then probably being, that's probably when you're most open. Yeah. I would think. Okay. What's a favorite activity you like to do with your class? A favorite activity I like to do with my class is go on nature walks or hikes. Mm -hmm. You like to be outside with yeah. the kids. Yes. You did a camping trip last year. That's right. How was that? It was great. My f favorite story from that mm -hmm. is we were on Salt Spring Island, uh, Ruckle Park, which is right on the water. It's mm -hmm. a beautiful spot in this big field. And we'd arrived, and the kids had a blast running around the field, playing tag and looking for stuff. And then, you know, we all got to bed, and some slept better than others, and I was awake several times, but that was okay. I expected that. Mm -hmm. And then I got up in the morning about 6. It was a beautiful morning. The sun was just starting to come up over Mount Baker and made coffee, and I was just had my coffee in my cup, and up popped this little girl. Mm -hmm. and her friend, and they said, Mr. Griffin, can we go down to the beach? And I said, sure, why not? So mm -hmm. we went down to the beach, and they looked at all the tidal pools, and I drank my coffee and oh. just relaxed, and it was just, that's what learning's about. Yeah. <laughs> that opportunity was wonderful. Oh, that is beautiful. I'm flashing back to a time when I first started at the school you and I both worked at, and I didn't know you well then, I think we were on a field trip, and it was outside in nature. The kids were running around, and you had said, look at so-and-so, just look at him light up like that. It's so neat to see the kids who don't typically get to shine in the classrooms just come to life on a field trip. And it planted a seed in my heart that day, and I, I remember being really struck by, oh, yeah. So if we say that child's name was Johnny. I'd never seen Johnny like that before. I didn't know that was possible for Johnny. And it, the seed that you planted in my heart was what can we do inside the classroom that allows children to shine and come to life with that kind of excitement? So how do, how do we bring the baseball field into the classroom? How do we bring <laughs> nature into the classroom? And you probably haven't experienced the redesigned conversation model 
where we have space for thought lounges. Have you experienced no, any no. space for So I'm bringing nature into the classroom and giving the kids that place nice. of reflection. So I wanted to acknowledge you for planting <laughs> oh, that you. seed in me and making me aware of something that I probably had some faint awareness around, but in that moment it became so crystal clear. Mm-hmm. We need to do something about this. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. G, for sharing that. In your life, who was the biggest game changer for you? Probably my wife. Okay. Tell us about your wife. She's a couple years younger than me and beautiful. I remember when I first set eyes on her in university. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow. And she was with a friend, and then he immediately became protective, wouldn't let me near, wouldn't give me any information about her. (laughs) And then I ended up north uh, in Williams Lake, where she was from, and we connected again and came down, and and it was great. And she's very, she's kind of, in some ways, opposite of me. She's a lawyer, so everything is an excellent lawyer, needs to be in its place. And Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a challenge for her putting up with me and that she would put up with me and love me mm-hmm. as being a changer. Wow. So, so she's organized. No. No, not organized. <laughs> no, she, she is organized. Yeah, I thought you were okay. saying is she organized me. No, no, no. no she's, she's organized, organized which yeah. takes care of. Yeah, no. Another thing that I admire about you is you don't follow what's conventional. You don't do the traditional you do what feels right. That's right. And in a moment, even if it's messy or sloppy and uh, people can't quite figure out what Mr. G's up to, there's always a reason behind what you've done. There's, it's very seldom. Yeah, well, you know, maybe a reason is a bit too much. Is this, it's more like this is going to be fun. Right? Oh, yes, yes. Or I don't see the, pur- yeah, so I don't see the purpose of this. That's, you know. Yeah. That would be a reason, I guess. Yeah, and so... There's something inside of you that guides you and in your filter. Well, I don't know yeah. if filter is the right word, but you're looking for those opportunities to create fun yeah. for your students and for the staff. And right. you've been known to jump out of recycle bins to Right, yes. <laughs> well, we all have fun. Yeah, always. <laughs> you like to see people laughing, and it's so evident that you really care about the people that you work with. Big and little humans. Well, thank you. But uh, <laughs> I hope I'm not. I do. Care. I do care about people. You Sometimes do. I get mad at them, but I care. Yeah. yeah. And during the time that I worked with you guys, I was the person that was assigned slideshow duty. I was the one capturing the pictures throughout. Right. But then you took on that role after I left. Yes. And how was that? Because that requires organization. Well, that, you know, as Laura McClenahan, who you, mm-hmm. I, my joke when we first started uh, job sharing was, here's the most organized teacher, Laura, working with the most unorganized teacher, <laughs> Dick. And um, then at one point, Todd said, well, you know, another teacher said, well, it must be a bit strange. And she said, well, actually, he's not that disorganized. Mm-hmm. I have a level of organization. Yeah. And um, for me, yeah, it was fine because on that one, I just partnered up with another very organized teacher, <laughs> and uh, Michelle, <laughs> and we and with the two of us worked it out, and it was fine. Yeah, and you're really resourceful that way. Yeah, you know. So when Laura said he's not really that disorganized, I mean, we tease you, but you get your stuff done. Exactly. And you know how you're doing it, and. What may appear as disorganized to somebody who's not completely seeing what you're doing, like doesn't have access to, like, 
I could hold up a, a magnifying glass that showed us inside of mm -hmm. your brain. There's a reason for why you do the things that you do. And some things just aren't that big of a deal, really, at the end of the day. Well, there's always somebody else who will <laughs> help out, right? <laughs> That's my view, is that more important to include people. Yes. And that helps. The more people you have, the better. And that's where I think it gets messy sometimes, but it's like I have faith in people that mm -hmm. it'll work. Absolutely. And when it comes to technology or when it comes to a breakdown, you're the go-to guy. Mr. Mm -hmm. G saves the day. You know, the, the slideshow projector is not working or the sound is right. not yeah, quite yeah, right. Yeah. Mr. G walks in with his cool swagger and we know <laughs> everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the technology thing is, yeah, just, uh, I think that's, again, maybe some people just get anxious around it yes. more than anything else, right? But but we all get stuck there, and I know what that's like, so it's, yeah. I'm happy to. You brought up something that I'd like to explore a little bit more. Some people get anxious around technology. Dive deeper. Well, I don't know what? why so much. It's like anxiety is a big issue mm -hmm. in learning. Mm-hmm. So I talk to kids about math anxiety, and they just get anxious. And um, I've seen it in adults. I get anxious around math, and it just gets in the way. I know I get anxious sometimes, and uh, what I've learned is just to go away, mm -hmm. rethink it, calm down, and it's usually good. But there is, along with that, your insecurities, mm -hmm. I think. Anxiety springs maybe a bit from insecurities, too. Mm -hmm. So I've always enjoyed fixing and solving mechanical puzzles and and so I feel confident about that mm -hmm. so I don't get anxious I get uh, anxious more around writing and things like that and I yeah. consider myself a reasonable writer but I don't uh, like going back and reviewing the countless necessary mm -hmm. times whereas with a puzzle I go back and back and back and mm -hmm. back to solve it mm -hmm. so it's it's all and then where that comes from I don't know well making several connections to what you're saying right now and the anxiety around technology it's something new it's something foreign so some people can experience uh, anxiety because they don't understand how it works and then the anxiety around math it's just not making sense to my brain right now and an insecurity can pop up that I'm no good at math or I can't do this and then the piece about writing having to go back and make the endless corrections and making a connection to report cards there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you and I have talked about report cards and the challenge that poses for what it means for the student, you know, and in the, in the long term, what that means for their life. And is it really that important? I understand at Google, they don't even look at report cards when they're hiring their next no. latest and greatest. No, I don't. I don't think report cards are and are that important. In mm -hmm. fact, a lot of kids, you know, they look at, oh, I got the marks, yay, mm -hmm. and then they run home, and then that's the end of it. And you can ask them what they got in the report card a month later, and mm -hmm. they'll be incorrect. They'll, they won't have it right. Yeah. And they run it through a filter. We all do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a highly conflated. Mm -hmm. construct because there's so many emotions that come into yeah. report cards and evaluations mm -hmm. and parental emotions, mm -hmm. teacher emotions. It, it is without a doubt the most stressful time I think yes. for all teachers. Absolutely. And um, 
for me, the hardest part about writing report cards is just taking them seriously. Mm-hmm. I just want to blow them off and get it done. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, I don't think that's fair. So mm-hmm. you have to you have to put an effort in. And uh, but yeah, no, I don't like report cards. Yeah. And I've always felt that there's something missing in report cards. And if we could actually have students put their own thoughts about what they accomplish, what they hope to accomplish, and track that over time, it would be a far more compelling look at a child's journey through school. And you and I are talking about inserting some kind of wishes and wisdoms box into the report card, and we'll continue to talk about that. That's That's my dream, is for there to be a wish and a wisdom box so that the child can share about what wisdoms they've collected, because there is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom is something that you deeply understand. And I think, for me, Mm -hmm. and we've talked about this, and what I want the children to do, it's expected that the children will reflect on their learning Mm in the final report card. And so what I want the children to do is tell a story about Mm -hmm. their learning. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking to them about our stories about learning to kind of ease them into it. So where there's a story, they can talk about something that happened in grade one or two Mm -hmm. or three. These are only grade four or five students. So eventually, I hope that they feel confident enough that they can talk about a story that happened in grade four or five that shows what they learned. Mm-hmm. And it and it's not like, it's gonna be a story, mm-hmm. not a checklist or anything like that. Yeah. So so we'll try it. This, is, this year is a free year mm-hmm. in report cards because it's all up in the air. That's right, we're uh, BC Education has new, how would you describe it? New that? standards, new report standards. cards, re- reporting standards. Yeah. And so there's some confusion for the, the staff and for the students. Total confusion. And so it's a great chance to try stuff. Some schools are already fully engaged in the process. Okay. Completely different format, no letter grades. Mm-hmm. And it's still, but some of them have moved away from letter grades, but it's just a checklist. But it's whatever works for you as a teacher and a student, yeah. I guess. Absolutely. So the next question then, Mr. G, is at the heart of what you do and why, what influences your decisions? What influences my decision? Mm-hmm. Many things. Okay. I think there's many factors that you know you have to consider. What is the child learning? Are they able to learn it? Or how are they feeling about the learning? Mm-hmm. Is it making an impact on them? You know, and what I tell people around field trips is you talk to children years later, what did you learn in grade five? Well, I remember the field trip we went on, mm-hmm. right? Do they remember anything else? No, they probably do remember some of the mm-hmm. facts they learned in science and social studies, but those are repeated again and again. Mm-hmm. So what's important, I think, for elementary school teacher, student, mm-hmm. there's two important things. A, that they should be having a reasonably good time mm-hmm. and that they're socialized or acculturated. And I think that's an important mm-hmm. aspect of public education Mm-hmm. that we miss on understanding what that we're all humanity and we all yeah. may have different ideas but we're all the same beautiful mr g i agree so deeply 
We are humans in this together, learning. It doesn't matter how old you are. We're, we're learning as educators every day. You're learning about your kids. And that piece about school being a social, a place of social connection for the kids, when that connection is missing, a lot of things go missing. Would you yeah, agree with me? Yeah, I agree with you, yes. Yeah. So I have here in my notes that we are all humans and deserve to be respected as such. Your words. Children more so than anyone, because many of them do not have the same advantages. And we need to remember that they still need to be nurtured, every one of them. That's right, they're children. Yeah. <laughs> Your words, Mr. G. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. This interview has been so enlightening for me, because I get on an outside surface level who you are, Right. Get it? You know, I've I've laughed and joked with you over the years. For and sure. Sometimes scratched my head like, Mr. G, what? What, <laughs> what do you mean I signed for textbooks? I don't remember signing for textbooks. And we have our history. We have an understanding of who we are. And today I have a deeper understanding of who you are as a human being and why you chose to do what you do and the impact you've had on students and staff, like on all of us. So with that... I'm going to have the crew help me pull out the wheel for the mystery question. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the mystery question is the final question of our interview here. So, here we go. Okay. The mystery question is, tell us about a secret talent that you have. <laughs> I don't have any secrets. That's what people say about me. So I can't keep a secret. I don't have any secrets. So maybe my secret talent is I have no secrets. But really? actually, that's not true. I do have secrets. Okay, so a secret talent I have? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think I have any secret talents. Um, Can you play the banjo? Oh, yeah. I play the guitar not very well. I sing not very well. You know, I don't think there's something that, you know, I always like doing things. I'm a pretty good athlete, not a great athlete. So anything that anybody knows about me and sees about me is pretty much my best stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a dish that you make or you do can you cook i like cooking yeah okay. but i don't have a hallmark dish mm -hmm. like i don't like to sit still so okay. the idea of doing a dish over and over again to perfection mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no that doesn't interest me at all okay i like uh getting things working and then i move on to the next thing not getting things working perfectly but get yeah. moving on to the next thing so okay uh, you know i'll accept that answer and <laughs> To it, I'll add that I think one of your secret talents, Mr. G, is your ability to connect and relate to your students on a very human level. It is something that people see, mm -hmm. can't quite figure out, like, how is he able to do that? There is no doubt in any of your colleagues' minds your ability to understand the children in your classroom. Well, thank you. Yeah. So your secret talent, I believe, is social-emotional <laughs> awareness, which okay. is why I selected you for this episode. Right. Because you're really tuned in there. And I admire you, and I feel very privileged to have had the opportunity to work with you and to launch something quite 
Yeah, well, this is very, very yeah. interesting. It, it's very good, Jenna. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think it'll, it's amazing. Uh-huh. And uh, look forward to hearing more. Absolutely. And as you go off into retirement land, I'm sure you're going to be having many fun adventures and being out in nature and stuff. But I welcome you back here anytime, Mr. G. If there's something you want to talk about, please come back. Let's explore a topic, an idea. I really do think people will enjoy your... Well, maybe. I hope to keep teaching with adults mm. as my goal. So okay. I'm, I haven't yet because I've been too busy at school and other stuff, but I hope when once I've retired, I'm going to look at either working with adults that are disadvantaged in okay. one way or the other. Great. You're and, perfect. I can totally see you doing that. You're a giver, Mr. G. So that concludes our conversation on emotions. You did a wonderful job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you have been listening to the conversation emotions theme. Today I spoke with guest Mr. G as we explored the topic of emotions. One of Mr. G's favorite quotes comes from a Janis Joplin song. Tell us about that quote. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. <laughs> I sing that whenever I'm feeling sorry for myself because it was like Janice was feeling sorry for herself and and really, there's no no purpose in feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, that's great. I, I have to listen to the whole song. I've never heard that song. So today you heard us talk about the role of emotions in schools, in learning places, going outside, being in nature. Mr. G loves to create opportunities for his students to discover something new about themselves. And we talked about report cards. How do you feel about report cards? Let us know. And if you enjoyed this episode, I strongly encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And you can reach out to Mr. G. We'll provide the links if you want to send him a note. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Mr. G, any final words from you? No, thank you for the opportunity of getting clearer about myself. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and thank you once again. Have a beautiful day, and we will see you again in the Conversation Studio sometime soon. Awesome. Okay. Good. Done deal. Let me go turn off the... You did a great job, Mr. G.